can't really sing. <laughs> yeah. La 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 la. Yeah, you're listening to the SBNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Do you know what season it is? It's NFL draft season. It's not too soon. It's never too soon, especially in New York, where we have the Giants and Jets both in the market for a quarterback and also here in the market with me today are two guys who love the NFL draft. First joining me via Skype, James O'Rourke. He was actually at the Senior Bowl. James, your debut on the SBNY pod. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. For sure, man. I can't wait to hear some of the things that you picked up on being at the Senior Bowl, seeing Baker Mayfield in person, Josh Allen, amongst others. We're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks. And also, joining the Jets fan in James, the Giants fan in me, is a Cleveland Browns fan. And his name is Kevin Kennedy. We are not related, but we might as well be. How you doing, man? It's good. It's good to be here. Thank you. How are you feeling about having the first pick? How are you feeling about being on the top of the draft again? Well, this time I think there's a little bit more... Uh I guess uh, intrigue about it because this time it involves a quarterback. Um, I think since like October of last year, I think everyone knew Garrett was going to be the first pick, so I kind of made it a little boring. Um, but this year, I won with you know the quarterbacks in this draft. It's, it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, for sure. And since you mentioned Garrett, actually, uh, a good full circle exercise here. The last time you were on the podcast was last NFL draft season. Um, that was when we had about maybe fifteen episodes on iTunes. And the episode you are listening to right now is the 99th episode since we've been on iTunes. So uh, we came a long way since last year. Hopefully the sound quality is a little better. We got some microphones and whatnot. Uh, we're trying to trying to get bigger, trying to get better. So thank you guys for tuning in. But this is Sports Blog New York podcast. I mean, we're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, of course, on sportsblognewyork.com. Uh, if you like what you've been hearing, don't forget to leave a little rating and review. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us who you think should get picked first. Who do you think is the best quarterback? Because you're going to be hearing some takes on these quarterbacks in the draft. There's a few polarizing. There's a few meh. And then there's some, out of these groups, out of this group of quarterbacks, there's going to be some hits. There's going to be. Just pure odds. One or two of these guys are going to be good. One or two of these guys will not. And that's why we're here, Kevin, James, and Pete, to talk about the NFL draft. We're going to spend a lot of time on the quarterback specifically. Last but not least, our Twitter is at SportBlogNYC. And on SportsBlogNewYork.com, you can go and check out Kevin's Mock Draft 1.0. And Kevin, I'm going to give you the floor first. Because when I opened up your Mock Draft, and I saw who you had going first to your own squad, I almost fell out of my seat. So you have the one and only Baker Mayfield slotted in as the number one pick the number one quarterback, the number one everything off the board. Just give me a little backup, because we're going to be talking a lot about this stuff. Give me a little backup on why you think he's going number one. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you could look at you know, this pick and, and which way they're going to go. Obviously, they're going to go quarterback. And um, you know, you look at this, I think there's three top quarterbacks. I think it's Mayfield, Rosen, and Darnold. And Darnold, I think, is a little bit more of a projection. I think he's a little bit further away from what he's going to be in the NFL, and I think he's going to need time to develop. Whereas in Cleveland, who hasn't had a quarterback in God knows how long, and even the same thing in the Jets, they, they're they going to be antsy to see this kid. And right now the Browns don't have a veteran that can hold him off. That could change. Where they need someone that can let this kid sit and develop and actually do it the right way. Whereas you look at a Rosen and a Mayfield, where Rosen came from an NFL system, 
He's been training for this since he was a top quarterback prospect since he was like 15. He's ready to go. You watch him play. He he's going to be able to play very quickly. And then when it comes to Mayfield, Mayfield's a three-year starter. Um, he broke his own record for passer rating in uh, college football history. So uh, he's battle tested. He's ready to play. He's tough. He's gritty. And um, the biggest part about it is. You might hear some things about Rosen, you know, muffling about whether he loves football. I don't know if I buy that. I think uh, I think that's just a talking point. But he definitely has a different attitude than Mayfield. And whatever quarterback goes to Cleveland, he's going to face a lot of adversity. And I think that Mayfield is best suited to handle that, being that he's 23 and Rosen and Darnold are uh, 20. Darnold actually be 20 on draft night. Rosen will be 21. And Mayfield will be 23. So... While some might say he's immature, I think he's more, he's more, and like capable to handle an NFL franchise at this point in time. Well, off the bat, I mean, he's been through a lot more, right? He's a two-time walk-on, and he's been to the Heisman presentation now twice. He won one. Uh, he's definitely been through a lot. He's been through a lot of off-the-field controversy as well. But the one thing that people do love about him is his quote-unquote leadership. And now, James, you got to see him in person at the Senior Bowl, and it's something that you cited to me uh, off the pod. So talk about what you saw out of Baker in person as far as leadership is concerned. Like we were saying before, um, he had a family emergency, I believe, on Sunday, and uh, the first practice was on Tuesday. He showed up at 1.30 on Tuesday and hopped on the field at 3.30 to practice and didn't look like he skipped a beat um, I just think his uh, the presence that he had out there on the field, you could tell uh, he really galvanized people. I just felt like he brought a certain energy when he was out there, and you could tell uh, his teammates really rallied around him. And I'm a little jealous that he's got him going to the Browns here because I kind of want him to fall to my Jets, really? to be honest. You know what's so funny to me? Me, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little behind on my NFL draft, you know, like watching tape on people and all that. And I know you two are definitely not. You being, you know, in the scouting academy and Kevin being a Browns fan, looking at the draft since day one of the season started, I, I've been a little behind. And my initial reaction to Baker Mayfield was simply, there's no way he should be the number one pick. There's zero reality where I see this guy with all the controversy he went through, despite his great success in college, taking on the number one pick the persona of being a number one pick and going to a, no offense, forever struggling franchise in the Cleveland Browns and lifting them. Now, to me, is am I being too on the surface by, by citing Baker Mayfield as not able to lift a franchise that has not been able to be lifted in decades? Well, when you look at it, it's um, I thought of it that way first. I was like, there's no way this six-foot guy, and I was watching him, you know, September, October. I was like... You know, this kid's fun to watch. He's, he, he's, he's playing, you want to watch him. So I was like, uh, I really love for this guy to go to the Browns. And as the season progressed, and, you know, they're picking, now they're picking first. They, they still haven't won a game. They're still picking first. I'm like, all right, so they're going to have their, their pick. They're probably just going to take, you know, Rosen because Darnold was struggling earlier in the season with, you know, different turnovers and whatnot. And then now the further you deep in, the further you dive into it, you watch the tape and you can't tell me definitively what, a quarterback does better than him. Well, if you're talking about what 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 are what do you consider his best strengths? Um, the first off, he he's he's so accurate, and um, accuracy, ball placement, and anticipation are 
more important than any physical trait. Because how many guys you see come up, um, you know, six five, rocket arm, but they're throwing the ball sixty five miles an hour, and it's on the guy's back hip. He's not catching that ball. You got to understand touch. You got to understand where to put the ball, when to put the ball. And um, he has that knack to uh, that little escapability knack where he mm. kind of extends in a way where um, I'm not going to say his name because that, I think that's not fair to him. All right, good. Don't say it. I that, think that ticks me. That's yeah, a tick for me. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know? Say it because I, I know, nah, you're, I'd rather I know not, what you're thinking. I'd rather not. But no, no, say it. Say it because you, you set it up in such a way where you kind of accept it to be a little bit agreed or not egregious, a little bit aggressive, I'll say. Right. Because so who is it? Say it. Manziel. Oh, okay. I was going a different direction. Right. I was going the Russell Wilson direction. Oh no, no, he's not Russell Wilson. He's not Manziel. That's why I was. I, I think Manziel was more Wilson than Mayfield ever was. You know who he reminds really? me of? The way he. That's interesting. He kind of buys time, whereas Wilson and Manziel. I don't even know if he should use him. He played like five games. Hey, last but, quarterback to win a game on the Browns. So uh, you better watch yourself. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. <laughs> on a Sunday. Robert Griffin won Saturday <laughs> True. last year. All right. Um. But you watch him, he kind of, um, I'm not going to say he's going to be as good as this guy, obviously not, nobody is, but he reminds me of almost like Rodgers or Romo, the way he kind of dances around a little bit and kind of, you know, lets the plays come to him and waits for the, you know, to hit those chunk plays, whereas, you know, a guy like uh, Newton or RG3 or even Manziel um, and Wilson at times will just look to take off, and I don't think he's also, I don't think he's the athlete that Wilson is. Well, he's not. No, yeah, yeah, I don't think he will be. But he's got that same stocky build, where you know you're not gonna be able to just get one hand on him and take him down. He's gonna he's gonna fight for everything he got. And I, I just he he I don't know. He just has that that knack for the big play. And but it's also the little nuances that he does well, like looking off safeties and every ball's on the money he throws. So I think citing his accuracy is definitely the biggest thing for him, right? Like that's the one thing in today's NFL that's most important. What's I think we were talking about before. It's 60% completion percentage. If you're below that in college, there's a real strong t- statistical case that you're not going to translate to the NFL. Now, James, I know you also like Baker, but what are some of the things that actually would scare you away from him if you could think of a couple? I'm going to be honest. I pretty much agreed with everything that's been said so far about him um i really besides his height i don't think there's much to knock him for besides his height and maybe the offense that he plays in um you could probably knock him obviously maybe if you think there's a character concern with his uh, arrest during college um and i think he could be a little bit more accurate throwing the deep ball but other than that, I think if he's if he's six two six three, I think he's the surefire number one pick, because I think everything that's been said, I think he has a better arm than people think. Um, he's got a quick release. He does have good feet in the pocket, and it's funny that you mentioned Aaron Rodgers because I was having this conversation before, and obviously, Aaron Rodgers is who he is, and the way he can throw the ball outside the pocket is unmatched, but. The way that Mayfield moves inside the pocket, when I was watching him today, I said, oh, that kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers because they both do these little sudden movements where you could tell the the defensive linemen are are scared that he's going to escape the pocket, so they kind of stop their rush, and it just buys himself, they buy themselves a little bit more time in the pocket, not necessarily escaping it, but just doing these little sudden moves and jukes inside the pocket gives them more time. And I saw a lot of that with Mayfield. And yeah, I agree with his accuracy. I think 
I think he, he hits all the layups, uh, the short hitches, the shallow crosses, the, the quick screens and outlets to his receivers. I think he, he's on the money with those. So as a Jets fan and knowing they're probably going to run some sort of form of the West Coast offense, that's why I want him because I think his skill set fits really nicely into that. So that's why I'm a little upset he's got him going to the Browns up top. I mean, I hear that. So, you know, you said if he's 6'2", you think he's a surefire number one pick or number one quarterback in the draft, and you don't think it's close. So what people cite all the time when we come to this, oh, Drew Brees did it. Oh, Russell Wilson does it. He's short. He's short. Like When you hear those conversations, does it annoy you? Does it make you want him to succeed more? Like where, where do you land when people just continuously say, oh, he's only six foot. He's only this. He's only that. He's not quick enough. Does that – frustrate you as a fan of his like or how do you back it up how do you defend him for that well most of the times you see you see shorter guys and the reason they fail is not because they're short the reason they fail is because they don't have the arm strength like you look at a guy like Colt McCoy he didn't fail because he was a smaller quarterback he fell because he couldn't throw the ball 45 yards right that can that can hurt a guy right (laughs) and the same thing with Cody Kessler (laughs) Cody Kessler is accurate um he has a little bit longer release but he's smaller and he has a weak arm so he has to make up so much more. So when a guy like Mayfield, a guy like Breeze, or a guy like Wilson in this aspect, when they have that arm strength that, you know, um, I know Breeze and Wilson for, were baseball players, so I know that they, they have uh, they have the strong arms for that reason. But, you know, you watch Mayfield and he hits these NFL passes on the, on the deep outs that you're like, okay, he has, he has the arm strength for it. And um, another reason why I have him going to the Browns is because um, like I said, the the Rodgers or um, even like a Favre-esque type player where, you know, Favre was a little rough around the edges. Um, you know, people, people uh, you know, he, he wired his welcome in Atlanta very quickly. And um, John Dorsey, who's the GM of the Browns right now, was there when they drafted Favre and he was there in the room when they drafted Rodgers. So he's been around that type of quarterback. And none of those guys are particularly big. Last year he drafted Mahomes, who was 6'2 on the nose. Not a hair over. Yeah. But he, just looking at Mahomes, doesn't he feel a lot bigger than Baker Mayfield? Just like, look, just eye test. Like, right. Just taking a yeah. peek at him. It's like Baker seems like a small guy. Mahomes seems like a big guy. Yeah, but he's 6'2", 230, and uh, Mayfield's like six foot and a half, 215, 217, I think he was. Which is really so close. It's right. actually it's like it, an inch and a half. It's so funny you say that. <laughs> and James, you were, you were talking to us before we started recording about how you thought it was interesting, all the different you know, media members and NFL scouts who were so intrigued with like things like the weigh-in at the Senior Bowl and things of that nature. Uh, what what can you take away from from witnessing these football players in their underwear step on the scale and et cetera, uh, and how people reacted to it? Yeah, it it matters more, way more than you know the casual fan could ever imagine. Um, it's pretty it's pretty funny. Like when you see you see like a six foot four quarterback step up and then you go oh he's got nine inch hands it says and then you'll see a five nine running back come up and you're like oh he's got nine and a half inch hands like and you start comparing these guys at different positions but with Mayfield it was funny too because he arrived late so he didn't make the weigh-in so it was kind of this big deal like everyone waited this whole time to see if Mayfield was going to be over six feet and he had that emergency and showed up late so then I was like oh we got to wait even longer to see and when it you know it finally came out that he was over you know a little bit over six foot and had nine and a half inch hands which is a pretty good size especially for his height 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. And it really does give you an idea, especially with other positions, like, like hand size is big with quarterbacks and so is height. But then, you know, you see the offensive tackles going up and you want to see how long their arms are or the defensive ends and see how long their arms are because you know how much that plays in the trenches. So it, it was definitely interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, um, that was the big thing. I think that was more important than his height, his hand size. Right. Because, you know, you watch him play, he's short. He's always been short. He, right. He's, he's not growing. <laughs> right. But he also, he's not going to wake up in the NFL and be like, oh, now, now I'm only six foot. What am I going to do? I mean, this is something he lives with daily. But um, he actually has bigger hands than Jameis Winston, who's, you know, 6'4", 230. So. Wow. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. I see. I didn't. I actually didn't even know that. That's that's incredible. And that's important for you know gripping the ball. That's important for when you when you when you play the way he does, where he's running around and people be grabbing at him, and you'll see him be able to hold on to that ball like you will Rogers. Like you'll see Rogers take shots, and the ball just won't move. That's hand power. That's 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 why hand size is actually important. And like like was mentioned before with the West Coast offense, it's a lot of quick t- quick twitch decisions. It's a lot of get the ball, make a read, and make a play, make a throw. And the hand size obviously plays a big role in that. And then that's where the accuracy and arm strength comes in. Now, before we move on to some other quarterbacks, I just want to touch on this because I feel like it would be almost malpractice not to. So the the character flaw that may or may not exist with Baker Mayfield, it definitely exists in the media circus around him, right? People, whether they have real reason for it or not, some people just don't think he has the mental makeup. Some people don't think he's mature enough. Some people think he has enough citations against him that that should hurt him in the draft, right? So as guys who are vouching for him, what would you say to somebody who believes firmly that he doesn't have what it takes to be a franchise quarterback, especially a franchise that needs to be lifted out of the ground? Well, you look at you look at all the things he does. I mean, the the arrest aside, I mean, he's also you know twenty one year old kid in in college. You know, he got drunk in February and he he acted a little immaturely. I mean, I think we can all say we've been in situations yeah, where it's a lot different if I did that and if right, he did that. Right, but he's also he's not he's not twenty five. He's not he's not that he's you know mistakes happen and the fact that you don't see any you know reoccurring flashes of that or issues outside of football where he's getting in troubles with the law like. Like a Manziel did, where you saw, you saw him consistently out with Drake, out with Bieber. Like you, you could tell that football wasn't priority one for this guy. It is comeback season now. Oh yeah, don't <laughs> get me, don't even get me started on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got his jersey in my closet. I'm ready for him to come back whenever he's ready. Um, yeah, but you, you look at Mayfield and um, all the things he does on the field. I don't think that's an issue. If you think a GM is going to cross a guy off his board because he grabbed his crotch after he's been cheap shotted three times and um, you know they disrespect him at the at the coin toss, I mean that's all within the good of competition. Would he? Sh- would I like him to do that? No, but that's just the way he is, and I think you know you're getting that. And but that's also part of what makes him great. That's part of what he's the guy you want in the trenches with you, and that's what a team like the Browns need. They need someone to come in. They're the youngest team in football. They need someone to come in and set a culture. And to not tolerate losing anymore, and I think Mayfield has that grit. You know, he's a he's he's got that underdog mentality that that Cleveland needs. They don't need a uh, they don't need you know, another guy to just come in and be like, you know, all right, we'll lose and what are we gonna do? You know, I want a guy that gets pissed off. I want a guy that's you know screaming on the sidelines. And I think Mayfield has that has that you know underdog attitude, two time walk on. He knows what it's like to work. Work ethic's not gonna be a problem with him. And um, you know, you'll know, you'll find out in interviews when they interview him whether 
character red flags come up and you'll see him drop in the drafts if that's the case. But everything I've read, everything I've listened to from people in, from Oklahoma, I've listened to several reporters talk about he's revered down there like a king. Yeah. So. Very, very, very much so respected amongst like teammates and people who see him work, basically. Uh, one thing that I'm actually glad... I'm, I'm half glad you didn't bring it up, but I'm also a little annoyed because it was something I was going to harp on. But the way you explained his athleticism, I thought was actually very spot on. And I kind of wished you went to a different level so I could fight back at you. So I'm just going to make this point, not that you guys really believe the opposite, but I'm going to make it because there's people out here who really believe his athleticism is what is his game changer, his ability to leave the pocket, make plays with his feet. Uh, when I was watching tape on him, and I'm seeing him make these moves, and I'm not talking about the ones in the pocket where he makes like a quick twitch to try, draw a reaction from the from the defensive line. I'm talking when he's outside the pocket, escaping actual pressure. I think those plays where you said he has the knack for the incredible or the knack for the big play, I think he's just oh like he's just an inch too slow or just he he doesn't quite have the athleticism to get away from these NFL defenders. And my biggest fear with Baker Mayfield is that when we see him against NFL defensive linemen and linebackers is that he's going to look slow. He's obviously small, so that won't help him, but he's going to look slow. And unless he becomes like an incredible pocket presence, has an incredible pocket presence, he, when he tries to extend, will just get sacked, 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 or be forced into bad decisions. And that's really what is my biggest fear with him because people cite Russell Wilson as a comparison. I think that's outrageous because Russell Wilson's so much more athletic, so much faster. He, I think he ran a, a point two faster in his 40. Baker Mayfield was like 4.7 when he last was timed. Russell Wilson was like a 4.5. He was like a, an, a, a multi-sport athlete. Russell Wilson was incredible, and he was an anomaly. And there was still a reason Russell Wilson was drafted in the third or fourth round. When I see a guy like Baker Mayfield who's undersized, kind of the, the grit guy that you're talking about, it just doesn't seem like a first-round first pick, first overall pick to me. Uh, and that's what really drives me away from thinking he should be the first quarterback off this board. Uh, James, I'll open up to you for a rebuttal. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I don't think he's quite as athletic as a Russell Wilson, but I do think that people don't give him enough credit for what he does in the pocket, and I think he can be a pocket passer, and I think he's really accurate from the pocket and has uh, good feet like we talked about. Uh, he's like, I think he's he's like a good pitcher. He's got different pitches in his arsenal. He's got a fastball. He's got a changeup. Uh, he knows how to throw with touch. So to me, uh, that doesn't bother me that he might not be as athletic as Russell Wilson. I will say this, though, just from – knowing the history of past drafts, especially the recent ones, as much as I know you want him to go to the Browns, I don't think he will go just because it's always, you know, the prototype that goes number one overall, like, it, or, or is the first quarterback taken uh, in the first round. It was last year was Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson fell all the way to 12, even though he just put on, two performances against an Alabama defense in back-to-back national championships. So I think it will be someone with the measurables of a, a Darnold, a Rosen, or an Allen because the NFL is such a projection league where we don't always take, you know, who the guy who had the best season, but who we think can project over the next five, ten years. Well, James, what a beautiful segue, I might add, 
So good, good closing comments, but a beautiful segue as well. Because we got to talk about these other quarterbacks. We've already been talking about Baker for a, for a hot minute. So <laughs> let's keep it moving and let's talk about one of those guys who is the prototype, who kind of is the golden boy, if you want to call him that. And that's Josh Rosen, UCLA. I mean, highly touted quarterback prospect since probably he was in eighth grade, if I had to really guess. Um, he is the guy who kind of fits the prototype. He's a little taller. He's slim. He looks athletic. He looks like he has a presence. But he has some flaws. He had uh, not the most inspirational season in his junior year for UCLA. And um, also some character issues as well, like we mentioned before, with maybe does he love the game as much. So, James, what do you think about Josh Rosen, uh, his opportunities to go number one in the draft, and how he matches up against the Darnold, Mayfields, and Allens? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if he'll go number one because he already said he doesn't want to play for the Browns. So I don't know if that's happening. But, um, I mean, if you want to talk about someone who throws a pretty ball, you're, you're talking about Josh Rosen because uh, when that ball comes out of his hands, it's, it's a thing of beauty. I think he has good arm strength. He's just – he is a pure pocket passer. Um, I think he looks – calm in the pocket he's got very quiet feet and i think he throws a really catchable ball i think he's accurate on all levels short intermediate deep um i do think you know he's limited with his mobility a little bit he's not he's not baker mayfield outside the pocket i do think he he struggles a little bit with throwing on the run and uh so he's a little limited in his playmaking ability and uh, he does have the character concerns. You know, there were things coming out that he didn't jive with the coaching staff. And there's, you know, the hot tub in the dorm room story. Um, him saying he doesn't want to play for the Browns. Can you and talk he also about, has. Can you talk about the hot, the hot tub for a hot second? What's that all about? I might have missed that one. What is that? Yeah, I don't know the full story on it. Uh, Kevin might know. I think when he was like a freshman or something, he just uh, he had like an inflatable hot tub in his uh, dorm room. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's just yeah, it's just kind of how he rolls. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, keep going. I cut just, you off. It's yeah. No, it's it's just something that always gets always gets brought up. But uh, but he he has durability concerns too. He had uh, I believe he had a shoulder injury last year that knocked him out for a little bit, and he's had some concussions too. So just like character concerns with Mayfield and Rosen too. You got to look into durability concerns too. Um, but I do, I mean, who throws the best ball in this draft class? It's Josh Rosen, hands down. And what comes into play now with Rosen, and if we're, we're going to base this this little conversation we're having on the Sportsblog New York podcast with Kevin, James, and Pete, uh, based off Kevin's mock draft on sportsblognewyork.com. So if we're saying Baker Mayfield's off the board, this also now comes into play. The New York Giants are selecting number two. And there is truly something to be said, just like we said about picking a team like the Browns out of the dirt. Can you handle the New York pressure? Can you handle the New York media? Do you think Josh Rosen is a guy who enters New York, is willing to learn under Eli for a half a year, year, whatever it is, and can he handle the pressure of New York? The big thing with a guy like Rosen and the reason why I'm a little weary of him particularly in Cleveland, is um, from what I've heard or read, rather, um, he questions people. So if he doesn't respect you, um, he's not really going to take what you say seriously or 
he might take it with a grain of salt. Like Trent Dilfer said that when he met him in the Elite 11 camp or whatever, he was like, he kept talking back to me and all this stuff. But then he's like, now now he comes back and helps out, and he's great. He's going to be great. He's going to be a great quarterback. He's so smart, all this stuff. But my question is, who's starting over Josh Rosen in Cleveland as opposed to who's starting over him in New York? Nobody in Cleveland. Right. Eli Manning. But also, thank God Ben McAdoo's not there because there's no right. shot. He's respecting right, right. him. <laughs> but you have a guy like Eli where he might, you know, that might be a humbling experience to see the way a guy like Eli goes about his business and to say, like, you know, this is a guy who's been successful. I want to do what this guy did. So if I see the way he goes about his business, that, that might be the way I go about my business. Whereas he could be in Cleveland sitting behind A.J. McCarron and be like, this guy's terrible. How am I not starting over this guy? This team, this team's stupid. This coach is an idiot. He's 1-31. in 31. You know what I mean? And I just think that um, the Browns actually brought in Scott McLuhan as an advisor who was a former GM of um, Washington who said back in October he would take Mayfield over any of these guys. Right, he's been he's been long sighted to right. like Mayfield, and so is Dorsey, the GM. He said, "I don't care how tall he is; the guy can play." He said he he saw six of his games. He went to see him in person twice, and this was before he even was a GM. This was just him going out on his own and watching Mayfield. I mean, so so Rosen, it, it kind of seems. Correct me if I'm wrong. You almost feel as if he's a a good while he's ahead guy, and as soon as he gets in you know a rough situation or he's not feeling comfortable he's not confident in, in the people around him he can quickly point fingers and that's not what you need in new york when you're getting peppered with questions so that is something truly to, to put into question here can he handle that um i think something about him that you can also cite is what he talked about like with the academics and etc so he had this whole thing when he was at ucla how he talked about how some schools' classes are relevant and no one has to go to class. His UCLA, he's been going to class and whatnot. He cares about – wasn't he a major of some sort that he actually, like, financial financial something? I don't I don't remember exactly. But he basically said he cared about his school and whatnot. And so many people in, in the NCAA, just it doesn't matter. So him being comfortable enough to speak out like that can be taken twofold. It can be said, all right, this guy's confident enough to put out his opinion on the line and wear it on his chest, wear it on his sleeve. But also you can say, know your place, kid. Like, you, you haven't done anything yet. You haven't proven anything yet. So, James, when you think about some of those flaws with Rosen, or maybe not flaws, where do you think it lands specifically in the New York market? Yeah, I think I, I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, I think just the Giants are a good team for him to go to, especially with a guy like, like Eli there, like we've been talking about. Um I think it's. I think it is the place he's gonna land. If well, like we said, he's probably not going number one after saying he doesn't want to go the to the Browns. But I think I think he can handle it, and I think it will be a humbling experience for him if he gets to sit behind Eli Manning for a little bit, maybe a year or two. Um, and yeah, I think I think it'd be a good spot. I think it's a good organization for him to go to. And just and just keep them grounded, and like you said, we don't know the full details on everything, on all these character concerns, and that's what these next couple months are for for these teams in the lead up to the draft is to find these things out. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, usually the guys who speak up these anonymous sources don't put their name on it for a reason. So anything you hear out with him questioning people, like Trent Dilfer put his name on it and said how great he is, and I just think that in a situation like New York, I think he's set up 
to succeed there more than he would be in a Cleveland because he's he's got, he's faced with a daunting task. Whereas, you know, New York, he can kind of learn a little bit and maybe not learn on the job like you would in Cleveland. And um, I also think like when you talk about a guy like Mayfield, you talk about a guy like Rosen and their character concerns that you might think are red flags. I think that's also part of what makes them great and what makes them who they are. Like Rosen, you say you might say, "Oh, like stay in your lane, kid," but that he's been the best since he was, you know, fifteen. So why is he going to stop being the best now? That's 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 who he is, and that's what he's going to probably work for. And a guy like Mayfield, he's kind of he plays with like that chip on his shoulder, like nobody wanted me. I went to Texas Tech; they did wrong by me, so I left there. And then I went to Oklahoma; I won that job. Um, I dominated that; I won the Heisman. And people are still like, you know, you're sitting here saying like, I can't see him going one like. What what else, like he feels like what else does he have to do? So if you guys don't respect me, I'm just gonna keep going out there and proving you guys wrong. There really are two opposite ends of the spectrum with Rosen and Mayfield. That's so funny. If they really do end up going one two in whatever order, it's two very different guys. It's like UCLA scholarship kid probably was getting you know verbal scholarship offers like you know under the table when he was a freshman in high school. Like that's how that's where this guy's is from. Uh, Mayfield had to walk on twice. It's very very different. Uh, so it is really interesting, but if I had to ask you guys, out of Darnold and Allen, um, or Mayfield for that matter, who knows the order, right? Um, out of those three other guys, who can you see fitting for the New York Giants? Or who can you see the Giants really wanting more, Rosen, out of, uh, besides Rosen, Darnold or Allen? Um, I think that, I think Darnold's personality is very similar to Eli's. So I think they would be great together because I think Darnold is a little bit more of a I don't want to say projects that I think that's steep I think he's a little bit more further away from playing as opposed to a Rosen or a Mayfield um you know he does a lot of things that are unorthodox his mechanics are a little wacky so he might need a little more fine-tuning than um and he was only a two-year starter so but his personality and and everything that I've read or heard from from people that that are close to him if they said like he's very um Nothing bothers him, so I think he'd be good for New York because he never he, he doesn't seem to get too high, he doesn't seem to get too low, and that that's exactly what Eli is. So I think they would be a great combination. That would be a great opportunity for Donald to learn. I just think Rosen's the better quarterback personally. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think if Mayfield does go number one overall, I could really see the Giants taking a flyer on any of these guys: Rosen, Donald, or Allen. I think, like you said, Kevin, uh, Darnold and Allen are a little bit more of projects, and especially Allen, I think. And Rosen is just more ready to play, and I think a more polished passer at this point. Uh, what they turn out to be remains to be seen, and all these things depend so much on you know, scheme and who's coaching them. But, yeah, I could see, I could see any of them fitting in with the Giants, but I do think if this is the way, if Mayfield goes one overall, I see them going with Rosen here as well. Do you guys get taken aback by the whole USC quarterback struggle? As a Jets fan, yes, <laughs> because I've witnessed Why? it you didn't firsthand. Have, you didn't have good years with Mark Sanchez? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, you don't really buy into that. You got you to gotta do your due diligence. I mean, it's a little... It's always in the back of your mind, but you you know you watch the film on all these guys and make your projections from there. Can't let that stop you from taking a guy. 
So does that mean um, Baker Mayfield's going to tear his ACL four times because he's from <laughs> Oklahoma? <laughs> he's a Heisman winner from Oklahoma, so his, oh, knees, man. his knees are done the minute he gets to the NFL. <laughs> uh, I mean – R.I.P. Sam Bradford. Uh, yeah, I think I think you just got to look at every player individually. I mean, um, you know, because like I said, what is is Baker Mayfield, Sam, Bra- uh, Sam Bradford? No. Um, so you just got to look at everyone individually. Right. Like, did, did did Matt Leinart flop just right. for the same reasons Mark Sanchez right. wasn't great? Like, right. No. Clearly not. Like they're no. not the same at all. And then you look at um. All right. So who are you gonna take? Are you gonna take a guy from Wyoming? Name me the last time a quarterback from Wyoming. Name me the last time a quarterback from North Dakota State came out and played well. Right. I mean, obviously, Same coaching staff. obviously you're going to say people are going to be like, oh, Carson Wentz did it two years ago. He's also a, f- a physical freak. But when you compare, I, I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks on the podcast, mostly in regards to Baker Mayfield, but I'm going to say it about Josh Allen too. When you compare someone to an anomaly, it doesn't work. Like Carson Wentz, to this point, before he tore his ACL, was an anomaly. But with the, with the plays he was making, with the athleticism he was showing at a North Dakota State and being able to make a quick turnaround by year two as an MVP candidate, like – that's not someone who you see the 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 next the quote the next guy in college and say oh yeah he's gonna do the same thing like, you can never expect that you know so I don't know I I kind of feel you guys it's tough to really buy into the USC quarterbacks can't be good and Carson Palmer right he has a good career yeah very good count uh, it I would take him there you go <laughs> even still <laughs> now <laughs> yeah I mean if I, I'd take anyone in Cleveland <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. take you if you can throw a football talking, talking to the wrong guys here <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's that's good stuff um. All right, so let's keep moving off the f- fact here. The Browns took Mayfield. The Giants took Josh Rosen. Now we have the Colts, who still have Andrew Luck, but they could be a sleeper to take a quarterback because who knows about Andrew Luck's shoulder? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But we're going to say they're not taking a quarterback. We're going to go to the Browns' next pick. They're not taking one there. They already took one. And the Broncos, they're kind of a wild card, but they are also very much so in play for someone like Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum. And that is something we're going to talk about in just a moment. But we do now land at the number six pick. Number six pick, if you have Sam Darnold on the board, you have Josh Allen on the board. Kevin, what are you making your pick at? First off, um, three and four most likely be traded. Definitely three. Um, you, he was down at the senior bowl. I don't know if you heard this, but I, I said that um, I saw tweets that people saying rumblings that Indy's already shopping the pick. Um, I think yeah. they know they're going to – they need more than one player, so – I mean, I'm not going to write that in a mock because you don't know if it's Buffalo or Arizona or the Jets or even Denver. Right. So um, it could be the Jets that slide up a couple slots and, and get their guy. And in uh, regards to who it is, I think um, it's got to be Donald because when you're looking at a guy like Allen, I put him in the same boat as like a Blaine Gabbert um, or even the Deshaun Kaiser as of last year, um, Paxton Lynch. You're, you're picking a guy based off tools, not 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 production. So... You might be, oh, this guy, you know, you don't see guys that throw the ball like this very often, but he's also not very accurate. So I think they said they clocked him at like 66 miles per hour at the at the senior bowl. Now, wow, that's that's so that's great. That's a that's a record by about six miles per hour in the combine. So we'll see what he does at the combine. He'll be clocked at the same measures that everyone else was. Right. Um, but when it comes back to a guy like Allen versus Mayfield, where Mayfield doesn't have that arm strength, but he has the placement. If you're throwing the ball 66 miles per hour and it's on someone's back hip or back shoulder, they're not they're not catching that ball. So while yeah, arm strength might be a a blessing, it's it's also a curse in a similar way. And you watch a guy like Donald, he understands the the smaller nuances naturally of just throwing the ball into windows. The, um, you know, 
I've seen videos of him looking one way, his whole body's facing the other way, and he's throwing the ball another way, and linebacker's running the other to the other side as the ball's coming out and going in the opposite direction. Right. So, you know, that those little manipulations that you see guys like Mariota do so well at the next level and the ability to throw with touch and to um, you know, put the put the ball throw a catchable ball. I think that's very understated. And um you see guys like I watched earlier with the Shrunk Kaiser, the guy is probably a top seven, top six arm in the NFL, but if the ball's not perfect when it's coming in that hot, you have to be even more perfect. So um I think that's that's probably the main reason I'm not a big Allen fan. And, um, you know, Ro- Darnold was very good in college, and you, you could watch one or two of his games, and you'll say, this guy's got to be the number one pick. And then you watch watching a couple other ones and right. say, all right, maybe not. But the, Darnold actually is one of my favorite quarterbacks. He, I, I, I think I'm going to go on a limb. I'll probably say he's actually my favorite quarterback in this draft. Now, I actually do understand why the Rosen fits for the Giants maybe a little better, though I do really love what Darnold brings. I mean, Darnold is a football player. Like, he was playing linebacker in high school, too. Like, he wasn't... He wasn't Golden Boy quarterback, right. and then he became USC's quarterback, and obviously got tons of hype because of his physicality. Uh, he's got great size and, and all that. But back to Josh Allen, real quick, James. You literally saw firsthand those tools that Kevin mentioned. Was it kind of incredible to see those tools, or did you just have stuck in the back of your head fifty six percent completion percentage? Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible to see it live i mean compared to the other guys he was throwing the ball next to i mean you saw him ripping out routes from the opposite hash you know 25 yards down the field just on a line just putting the ball in guys chins and then you'll see him the very next throw you know he's got a a 10 yard hitch and he sails it five yards over the guy's head and they're throwing on air so you kind of you saw the inconsistency and so you know, one second you're thinking, yeah, this guy does have all the tools and he can become whatever he wants to with the right coaching. But at the same time, you saw that inconsistency that, you know, you kind of kept you thinking, yeah, he he was under 60 percent in, in college and that kind of, that scares you. And uh, are you also I feel like you just said this without saying it. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you, are you saying that the Jets don't have that coaching staff to uh, to, to get out along? No, I'm not saying that. I think, you know, the Jets a couple of years ago took a quarterback who had under 60% completion percentage in Christian Hackenberg, and he still hasn't taken a snap <laughs> uh, in the regular season yet. So that's probably why I'm a little bit weary. But, you know, if the board falls this way, I would definitely Dar- – Darnold is my guy. I know what uh, what Allen brings to the table with – his size, athleticism, arm strength, but I, I think Darnold is the pick here, and I think, you know, if if Mayfield and Rosen go one-two, then the Jets do whatever they got to do to climb up to make sure they get their guy. So trade to whatever spot you think you got to, three, four, or five. I think you do what you got to do to get your guy here. Yeah, I, I agree with Basically everything you said. Uh, talking about coaching staff is when it comes to uh, Josh Allen. I think an ideal fit for Josh Allen would be like a, I almost, I almost said San Diego, but uh, the Chargers. I'll just say the Chargers because um, um, Los Angeles. Right? Are you right, sure? Right, <laughs> Could you not right. remember that one? Right. I, I almost <laughs> said San Diego. I was like, I know that's not right. Um, <laughs> no, nah, yeah. So Los Angeles, I think that's uh, like an ideal fit for him. Even the Giants, but I think at the Giants' position, they're not. You're not going to take an Allen over a Rosen or a Donald, Donald 
because I just think that's that's wrong on very many different levels. But um, for me personally, I think it's between Mayfield and Darnold for the first pick. Um, I think I think Rosen goes against what the Browns front office is. They're uh, old school football guys now. They they went like the complete opposite of the analytics. So I think they'll they'll go to a guy like Darnold and or or Mayfield because those guys you know they. They they kind of get it. They're 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 humbler in different ways. And um, Donald, you just watch Donald, and he he makes plays that um, Mayfield and Rosen can't make. He um, he's bigger. He's the mo- most athletic of the group, believe it or not. Um, he's gritty. He's tough. He's got a frame to take hits. Um, his release and his fundamentals are, are a little off. Like you said, he was a linebacker, so he's still learning different things. Um, but he just, he's a playmaker and, and you don't see guys like him come around often. I, I think he's like a luck type or, um, a Winston type, not in the fact that he's so fine tuned as they were, but they'll make plays that, uh, you know, not many people in the league can make, but then they'll also make plays where you're like, you're so good. How do you, how do you make a play like that? Right. Like bonehead plays right. where you say, right. dude, did you really think that was a good idea like that? I mean, that's another thing you see with Allen too. Like if you, if you simply go to YouTube, which a lot of people, you know, they don't, they may, maybe they don't look up like game highlights. They won't watch an entire game's worth. Which, if you're trying to actually evaluate them with limited resources, YouTube game highlights like a full game, not season highlights. But say you go and watch Josh Allen's season highlights, you'll see a few plays where you go, "Holy shit!" Like he just on the run threw a dime into the corner of the end zone. And you're like, "Oh my, that was incredible!" Like this guy's sick, right? But then you come back to the fundamentals and uh, the inaccuracies. Do you think Sam Darnold kind of lives in that same realm? Because like you said, there's times where you look at him, roll out of the pocket, and make a throw downfield where you go, holy hell, this guy has it. But then he throws across his body for an interception, and you're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Well, in a a situation like that, I mean, I think that's kind of all the way he's going to be for his whole career. I just think he's he's more of a gunslinger type of guy, like – you know, guys throw a lot of interceptions. I think he's a little, he's got a lot of Brett Favre in him. I don't think he has that type of arm. You know, not many do. But I think he, he you're going to have to live with the bad because the good's going to be good enough. And um, when it comes down to, um, you know, a guy like Allen where he can't do the simple things consistently and he relies so much on his physical tools because he's had them his whole life and he's been able to, you know, I've always been the biggest, strongest, and fastest. I can just sit here and rip it or run around and throw stiff arms, and that's not going to work in the NFL. Um, I think, personally, I think Allen is very similar to Kaiser, who I was very high on last year because I liked his tools and I wasn't really particularly high on that class. So you look at a guy like Kaiser or a guy like Allen, who Kaiser actually had more production in college than him, so, Even though his own coach said he wasn't ready. Right, right. And that, and that's exactly what can happen to a guy like Allen if he goes to the wrong situation where they expect him to be the man right away. And that's I don't think that's what he needs. He can very well be a good quarterback because he has phenomenal tools. I just think he needs the most time to um, adapt because he's also jumping from the Mountain West Conference. He's not even, you know, he's not at a big, he's not at a big school. So um He's just got to learn the nuances of playing the game a little bit more, and I, I don't know if he's going to be able to get that in a New York as in, in the Jets aspect or Cleveland because they're so starved for that guy. Right. They're ready, they're ready for it now. Right. So I want to play a quick game before we move on to talk about some other wrinkles uh, regarding the draft agency and et cetera. So let's throw out the draft order, right? Let's throw it out, the Browns picking first, Giants second. That's irrelevant for me right now. I want um, – you guys to pick the best fit for the quarterback. So for Baker Mayfield, not 
where he's going to fall in the draft, not what team wants him the most, for the actual human being named Baker Mayfield, where would he be luckiest to go? Disregarding draft positions. New Orleans. New Orleans? Yeah. Really? Where, where does that come from? Because uh, Drew, Drew Brees is 39. He's about to sign another contract. I don't anticipate it being a long one. Um, I think Drew Brees can be a perfect mentor for uh, Baker, not only on the field, but also off the field. I think that's the type of guy you can learn from. And Sean Payton's staff and the team they're building down there with that defense and those two running backs, I think that's a perfect situation for him. Um, I think that's the best place place he'll be to thrive because you know it's also indoors he's a smaller guy I don't think that's an issue but I just think that helps I think that'll uh you know give his give him like you know like I think Watson ended up in I think Watson ended up in the perfect situation for him right. last year and it's rare that you see that and I think that because like Kaiser did not land in the right spot for him no like the Browns for Kaiser was just like the worst thing possible right right the the Browns uh last year they should have had a veteran or somebody they actually had three on the roster that they cut but um, you know, I think that Kaiser's probably best situation would have been like a uh, um, Arizona or something like that. Yeah, Arizona, know? but yeah, but he would have been forced to play. We can't foresee that, but maybe a place like a um, a Pittsburgh where he can sit behind Big Ben because I think they're very similar in skill sets and and the the playing style. I think I think that would have been good to learn behind or um, you know, even even you go back to L.A., you could go back to the Chargers and say sitting behind Rivers or um, you know, I think places like that work. All right, James, what, what about you? Where do you think would be the best fit for Baker? Yeah, I, I think New Orleans would be a good fit. I mean, similar quarterback already there, six foot. I think Sean Payton would be a great coach in Baker Mayfield, and I think he really could get the most out of him. And then, like I said before, this isn't me just being a biased Jets fan. I think, you know, you go to a team with a West Coast-style offense, I think – he fits in that, especially I think it'd be a good fit if they re-sign a guy like McCown where he doesn't have to come in and play right away. Uh, he can sit for half a season, a year, however long he needs. I think that's ideal for any quarterback coming out of college, really. So I think, but I think New Orleans would be a good fit for sure. And especially in that situation with the Jets, you know, then the Jets don't have to worry about tanking for the quarterback anymore if they draft the quarterback to sit behind McCown then they're not mad at McCown winning them five random games you know because you're not tanking for the quarterback so if they can get one of those guys and, and sit him back there for a little bit that ain't too shabby um throw out the draft norm- number again Josh Rosen let's move this a little quicker though what would be a great fit for him I mean I, I like him in New York I think Giants so you guys just think okay, right, yeah I think chalk yeah, I think that I think that's yeah. a, a situation too too good to pass on. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. That it, it actually does make a lot of sense that that can work. So, all right, that one's chalk. What about Sam Darnold? What would be a good fit for him? Throwing out draft order. I think Miami would be a great fit. Really? That's yeah. kind of interesting. Because I think that uh, Tannehill's probably got one year left. Um, and then I, they're going to give up on him. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if he's healthy enough to even be there for a full season this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think Miami would be a good spot for him because they're um. They're always. On, I, I like that coach. I think Grace Gase is a great coach, and I think he. I think I would trust him. What too. about what about Denver for Sam Darnold? Because that's also a realistic possibility. Them sitting at five. That coach could be fired at the end of the year. So I think that's a like Cleveland. I think that's a toxic situation. Yeah, James. What about you for Sam Darnold? I was thinking Denver. I think it's pr- a pretty likely scenario too. If they don't, I know this mock draft is 
most likely based off them getting Kirk Cousins. But I think, you know, with John Elway there, that is a good landing spot for him. And I, I think that would work out pretty well. That is something that is just so hard, right? Like wherever Kirk Cousins goes will change possibly everything, the way this draft falls. It'll be really interesting. All right, the last one, last but not least, Josh Allen. What would be a good fit for the the wild card from Wyoming? Steelers. Right, yeah. I think I think it's Steelers or, or Chargers, a team where they have a, a guy who's not – fans aren't going to be – or even the Giants, but I, I mean, you said position aside. I think the Giants are another fit where – you got to have a guy where the fan base isn't going to be calling for him. Hey, honestly, though, if Eli Manning doesn't look good, there will be calling. <laughs> you don't think? You don't I mean, think? That's New York. And it's you don't happen think anyway. if we're one and Greg three McElroy. again? One and yeah, right. <laughs> one and three again, or you know, two and four, two and five. You don't think it's going to start ringing? I think no matter who it is. I don't know. No, it it absolutely will. But I I think. I, I said the Steelers too because I think I think he has some similarities to Big Ben. I mean, he is big like Big Ben is. He's you know almost six five, two thirty. But I, the way he, when he when he scrambles and maneuvers around the pocket, the way he shakes guys off reminded me a lot of the way guys bounce off of Big Ben. So I think I think that's kind of a you know there's some similarities there, and I think he could learn a lot from him. All right, Kevin. Quickly, most uh, who would be most ready to start right now and most needed to sit behind somebody? Uh, I think Rosen's the most ready, and I think uh, Allen is the first. I think Allen's – I think I think there's a top five. I, I, I would personally take Jackson over. Oh, okay. oh yeah, wait, wait. Well, am, I, am I doing some malpractice here? Am I doing <laughs> something? Did I just do what I actually hate about a lot of NFL talk right now and throwing him out the window? Do you think, he, do you think it's a five-quarterback discussion? Yeah, I for mean, what for the first round? Just in general, first round there could be six. You don't know who. I mean, whoa, who would be the six? Wait, uh, James, you saw Lamar at Senior Bowl? Or uh, he, no, he was not there. Was he a junior or was he just not there? Uh, I, I think he's a junior, but I, I don't know if he graduated. So <laughs> the complications either way. Like no, like Rosen could have won because he graduated. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, who knew? Um, all right, so Lamar Jackson, where does he fit into this discussion? What's going on with him? Do you? He, th- he won't go higher than Allen, but I think he should because I think he's a, just a better quarterback. And for every reason you can love Josh Allen, you'll love you'll love Lamar Jackson even more. He supposedly ran a four three. You can't you can't spy a four three. What are you gonna spy him with Buster Screen? Like how, how do you <laughs> how do you no linebacker is stopping that once he gets out out of contain. Leave leave my Jets out of this. <laughs> he's a former Brown. I know he's fast and can't really yeah. do much else. So. Um, yeah, I think I think Lamar is just you watch him and he people don't give him credit for the things he does and um people seem to give um Allen a lot of excuses and credit and you know oh he's Wyoming was so bad and he's playing in a pro but everyone just kind of slights Lamar Jackson and the guy won a Heisman the guy he, he could have won it again this year he's he's that good of a he's, he's, guys like him don't come around often he was incredible he's electric right and you watch him and then he'll he'll make plays where he steps up in the pocket and throws a rope. And um, I think he's got, you know, he's got a lightning quick release. He's got good feet. I just think he needs to be a little more consistent with his feet. Sometimes he'll get a little wide, and his accuracy will suffer because of that. But I think he's he's a dynamic player. And if if I had them two on the board, I'd probably take. Uh, no, I know I wouldn't probably. I would take 
I'll take Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen. I think it's pretty clear by uh, 50 minutes into this podcast that you are not a fan of Josh Allen. <laughs> I mean, be honest. What are you, what are you, what are you holding also, back? What are you holding back? I, I, I also think it's just a strong class, and um, I think, for for example, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even put him in the conversation with the three we were talking about previously because I think all three of them in their own right can be the number one overall pick. If the Browns took Donald, Rosen, or Mayfield, I would not be mad about either of them. I prefer Mayfield's attitude. Um, and that underdog mentality that I think Cleveland needs. That's why I have him projected there along with all the noise around um, the front office and stuff. But um, Allen, he just, I don't know. I just, I feel like you see guys like that all the time and guys that are bad in college generally don't get better in NFL, especially in modern NFL where guys don't have the luxury to sit uh, like they used to. And even this is going to sound kind of random, but even think about a guy like Case Keenum, who has now found some success in the NFL. Granted, he needed, you know, a good system. Pat Shermer clearly, you know, set him up for some success in Minnesota. He was a guy in college who was slinging the ball 60 times a game. Like in Houston, he was chucking all over the place. He knew what he was doing a little bit. Josh Allen, on the other hand, it doesn't doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. As right. Much. When you when you're taking Josh Allen, you're you're not taking him off of what he is. You're taking him off of what you think he can be. And a lot of times you don't see that work because, you know, you could see a guy like Gabbert or a guy like Paxton Lynch who are like, um, oh, man, these guys, they have they have everything. Kaiser, he has everything. I mean. Zach Mettenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Hackenberg. He has this rocket arm. We, we can fix him. You know, his little inaccuracies where he's sailing the ball over 10 yards over the guy's head or skipping passes to him. We can fix that. All we need to do is just get our hands on him. And that's why I think if um, Denver doesn't get – Kirk Cousins, I think they're big players for Allen because I think Elway is going to see that and be like, "Oh yeah, we can just coach him up like like we did with Paxton Lynch. Like you know, we can just that worked out. Yeah, so we well. can we can just critique his little his little miscues and he'll be great because he can do things people can't." All right, James, quickly on the spot, most ready to play, most needing to sit behind somebody. Yeah, I think I think it's Rosen, most ready to play. I agree with that. And then, so we're including Jackson in this now. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know. I think. Yeah, I think Jackson would – if you're going with Jackson in this discussion, I think he needs to sit the most, but right in front of him is Allen. So they're the two that need to sit the most. And and James, who has your highest ceiling as a quarterback prospect? That's a good question. I uh, Highest ceiling? I'm not as high on Josh Allen – as a lot of other people are, I know, you know, f- physically you'd say he has the highest ceiling. I think Darnold might have the highest ceiling. I, I think he's got, you know, he's got the size, the accuracy, the anticipation, the escapability throws from all the different platforms. And he does have that clutch gene. I was going to say this too. I watched this game of his this morning. Go, go watch his game versus Texas this year. And and you'll see a little bit of everything, the good and the bad of Darnold, but you'll see the the clutch performance come out in the fourth and the NOT. And so I th- I think he's got the highest ceiling in this class. Yeah, I, I agree. But I I think it's like a it's almost like a double question because you say who has the highest ceiling or who's most likely to hit the highest ceiling, and I think that's I think that's got to be Darnold because you watch him, and I said you could put on games like that Texas game or go watch Penn State last year in the Rose Bowl. And you're like, all right, this guy's a first overall pick, no doubt about it. But um, I think I think Jackson personally has the highest ceiling. Will he reach it? Probably not. Lamar Jackson has the highest ceiling. Yeah, I mean, you watch the way he throws a ball and runs around, and you, 
guys like that don't come around often. You, but will he think, reach it? You think Probably he might not. get screwed and and not even get a chance to play quarterback? No, Some, someone's going to draft him someone, at large. Someone will. Yeah, and no, I I would I would do it. Would you be shocked if he got drafted as like an at large athlete? I mean, if I'm if I'm uh, Jacksonville and he's sitting there, I'm taking him. Wow. Sitting behind Bortles for a year and then. Because worst case probably, scenario, he would probably right. take his job real quick. Right. Honestly, worst case scenario, you you can just run some type of funky offense with him and Fournette and just give people more than they can handle. Oh my God! Can you imagine they figure <laughs> out a way to run like a successful read option game with with Fournette? And maybe they even uh, mix in a little RPO action like Nick Foles was pulling off and with Lamar Jackson's feet. Jesus, that could be scary, dude. Four three, dude. Oh, <laughs> How do you stop that? Oh my God! Oh. Man, I'm with you though, James. I like Darnold a lot. I think he he's my guy, kinda in this whole thing. But I totally get why people are, are, are rubbing off on him a little bit, uh, letting him kind of sit back behind Rosen and and Mayfield. Man, it still it still blows my mind that he is now considered to be a possible first overall pick, James. But I don't, you know, we have more podcasts to do. You're going to be back here before the actual draft. We have some time. This is our preliminary quarterback heavy draft talk, but. Just, just where we sit right now, and what we know right now, and what you saw during the Senior Bowl. Just, can you truly see first overall pick Baker Mayfield? Can you just see that world existing? I don't. And like I said before, just going off of history in past drafts, is that guys like that don't get drafted number one overall and are not usually the first quarterback taken. Um, you know, you can go back like last year. Who's the guy who won the national championship? Deshaun Watson. Who goes first overall? Mitch Trubisky, because he, the league thinks he projects better. And um, you can go back. You know, Blake Bortles was taken third overall. Why? Because he's six foot five and and can move. So I think there's just too many examples of the quarterbacks with the higher ceilings getting taken first. So that's why I see someone like a Rosen or, well, not Rosen, but, you know, a Darnold and maybe even an Allen sneaking up there just because of how high their ceiling is. And you get coaches that, you know, see these tools and think they can make them into the world's best quarterback. Now, one more question. This is for a Jets fan, James. Do you have any interest in Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I was wondering when we were going to get to that. Um, I do. I just, I don't want them to break the bank for him. I know they're going to have to pay a lot, but you know, I think there has to be a limit. And I say that because I still think there's a lot of holes on that roster. So I think with how much cap space they have, they have upwards of 70 million right now. And they're going to let go of Mo Wilkerson by the end of, by the end of the time they you know, they do all their, their maintenance cuts. They're going to be around 90 million. And I think they could fill a lot of holes on that roster with that 90 million. And then I say, you know, you give up whatever draft capital you have to in this draft to go get your quarterback. Cause you're not picking six overall with, you know, four quarterbacks like this very often. So I think you can do more with their cap space in free agency and get your QB in the draft this year which I think is ideal as opposed to, you know, getting into that long-term commitment with Cousins. Yeah, I agree 100% because the Browns also have a lot of money and a big need of quarterback, so I haven't really been – I would take Kirk Cousins, but and from a Jets perspective, I would take him too. I look at the yeah. Jets and Browns very similar because they they 
basically, I mean, the Jets obviously have a lot more success. <laughs> I was going to say, who should be more a embarrassed? Lot, a, lot, a lot more <laughs> success. But the, but with the way they have been approaching the quarterback position, I think they're very similar, and they both starved for that guy. And I think that's why fans would gravitate towards their cousins from both fan bases because there's no um, – you kind of know what you're getting, and you're like, oh, finally, somebody who's who's not going to be awful – so, um, but I, I also just think that people come sometimes get scared away from the quarterbacks in the draft because of like the fear of the unknown. But if you're telling me one of these three guys at the top can't be better than Kirk Cousins, you're, you're probably lying. And also, I think Wentz's deal was like four years, thirty million total. You're paying that to Kirk Cousins in one year, and Oof, it's easy money. I mean, I I think with easy his, money for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, with with, <laughs> with, his, with his bonus, I think um, Garoppolo's getting like thirty-eight year one. So I mean, you really want to do that for for a guy who's just like he's good, but he's not. He's never going to be elite, and you're going to take a big chunk of your salary crap. I don't care how much you have, you're going to designate a lot of that to to a guy who's like, all right. The way I kind of look at it with Cousins, when both the not as much in the Jets because of the situation they had last year, but in the Brown situation, and definitely call me out if I'm being ridiculous here. But if 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 the Browns were lucky enough for Cousins to sign with them, because let's be honest, it's probably not his first choice, right? If they were lucky enough to get Cousins as their quarterback, don't you think that would bring them to respectability? Like, don't you think he is good enough to at least make them respectable and win, like, five or six games? Yeah, but then you have to look at your expectations. Like, do you just want to be, like, do you want, like obviously the Browns have been so bad for so long, but you just want to be, like, Oh, finally, we're 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 nine and seven. Thank God. Like I don't. That's not what I, that's not what you're striving for as a GM. Dude, I don't know, man. I'm sitting here from an outsider. I'm not a Browns <coughs> fan. You're the one with the hoodie on. Right. Like that. I just you just won zero games and then you won one game before that. Doesn't but, doesn't like six and competitive sound like kind of nice? No, because I I mean any Browns fan who was like actually upset that they went one and thirty one is fooling themselves. I mean that plan was pretty much outlined the minute those guys took office. They said we're taking this thing down all the way, and um, they said it was gonna get ugly. And there's no, um, there's nothing huge accident or Deshaun Kaiser can do about it. We're losing. right, <laughs> right. I mean, but they could have kept McCown this year, and they probably would have won three or four games, and they would pick in fourth. And now what good and the, is that? And the Giants would have had the first pick, right? Man. Right. So like, if you're gonna lose, you might as well <laughs> lose the right way for once. I mean, that's always been their biggest issue in the Jets too. Like the Jets and Browns, they've never been there for a luck. Or a Winston, or Mariota, or Goff. I mean, the Browns had the Wentz pick, but that was the start of the teardown, and um, I think Wentz would have been ruined in Cleveland because they didn't, they didn't really have a team then, and that team's significantly better now, believe it or not, because of that trade. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, and obviously you trade down, you know you're gonna pass on good players, but I think that was their plan the whole time. I think the Astros lost like 108 games three years in a, in a row. Yeah, they were rough for yeah. a while. And they had top pick, top pick, top pick, and then now all of a sudden Carlos Correa, George right. Springer, and, there you and go. all these guys. I mean, guys. yeah, and then the turnaround in football is a lot quicker. Yeah. You saw it with the Jaguars this year. They're oh, picking I mean, fourth. Think and about the pick, Saints. Yeah. Their defense has been just historically giving up tons of points. They have a, a couple good hits on their draft, you know, fill a few spots in free agency, and then look at the, they, they They won the season off their defense, which is still shocking to even say out loud. Um, <laughs> I think we have to come back. we got to get you guys back, James O'Rourke, Kevin Kennedy, uh, and me, Pete, to talk more about the quarterback stuff as well as the rest of the draft, of course. We didn't get to the Saquon Barkleys and the Geises and, and the, other, the other positions in this draft uh, that are going to go. But real quick before we go, uh, any thoughts on Case Keenum? Where do you think he's going to be playing football next year? James, how about, what do you think? Maybe the Broncos. I think that might be a good fit for him. Um, if he doesn't end up back with the Vikings, 
Uh, wait, you know, I think, wait, hold on, hold quick, real quick. Can Case Keenum become the new Kirk Cousins and get franchise tagged by the Vikings? That would be, yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think uh, I think they would dish that to uh, Teddy before yeah. they gave it because I think like a lot a lot of people are saying like forget that Teddy was their guy and they went all in on Teddy. They traded up to get him. So um, I think Teddy's their guy unless they can get a Cousins. If not, I expect I expect them to go back to Teddy. As for Keenum, um, you could look for him to be get like a Glennon type deal. Oh, really? Like a fat deal that's yeah. you have an out after the first year because they can cut Glennon this year and it'll basically won't affect their cap at all. So you could see a team they like... They cut him. No, they actually did already. They did? They were, I saw that on Twitter today. They're getting rid of Glennon. Right. So you could see a team like Cleveland, the Jets, or um, Denver, or even Arizona. You could see a team like that just get him as the placeholder until whatever quarterback they draft or have plans on bringing it up. Um, I think he'd be a good fit with the Jets. I think he's better than McCown. Um, he's a little bit more expensive, but I think you... You have a little more upside with him and uh, a little more durability. Um, I watched McCown for two years. He's one shot away from broken collarbone every time. So um, I think as a, as a Jets fan, um, you would rather have Case Keenum as your starter to hold off your Darnold, your Rose, and your Mayfield, whoever ends up falling to you, um, over McCown, uh, McCown rather. Yeah, I think let me just I just want to go back to what we were talking about before. I want to pose this question to you, Kevin. So I heard it on another podcast. So we were talking about how both of us we'd be okay with getting Kirk Cousins, but you know, we don't want to pay too much and get ourselves locked into a crazy deal. But can you imagine what they could do with signing Kirk Cousins and then having the first and the fourth draft pick this year, whether they stick there? Or if they want to trade out of one of them, you know, they could you could end up with Cousins, Saquon Barkley and Minka Fitzpatrick on your team in no time. Yeah. I so mean, I just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, that's a, that's a fun thought to think of. And they, they actually they could give him thirty five million dollars this year and they would still have the most money. That's how much cap they have because they're paying nobody. They're paying all draft picks. Yeah, like all basically. guys who are still on rookie. All deals. draft picks. And then like Joe Thomas like that. <laughs> and then and two guards like um. I mean, that's definitely interesting, but um, I brought up Scott McLuhan before. He was there when they made the switch to Kirk Cousins, and he said um, last Jan- this January, actually, he's like, yeah, Kirk Cousins is a good player, but um, he's not a special player. So, And I think that's a perfect um, analogy for, for Kirk. I think he's a very good player, but like a Stafford or um, even like a Flacco or uh, uh, guys of that caliber who need – more to take that leap they can't carry a team like a Rodgers or and I think there's a couple guys in his draft that will go into that upper category and surpass Kirk and, and how much comes into it James you mentioned this before with the cap but with the Jets and if they if they pay Kirk what do they have left and what are they getting off the board elsewhere think about Jimmy G just became the, the new highest paid quarterback Flacco was once that guy Stafford was that guy and what comes with that is less roster flexibility so how much does that play into your decision? Because I'm mean, not that you have the same thing with one and four with the as the Browns do, but with the six pick of the Jets, you can really play around with that if you say signed Cousins. But would that bother you, really taking up that much cap from for a quarterback who may get you to the hump but not over the hump? Yeah, I think for me personally, it does. Like I said before, I think you could fill a lot of holes in free agency. You know, with the money they got this year. 
And I think that's the thing too, with, with free agency, you know what you're getting. And that's always been kind of McCagnon's philosophy is best player available, right? So his idea is, is you fill holes during free agency so you can take the best player available in the draft regardless of position. Now, you know, things things happen in the draft, you know, whether they actually take the best player available. You really don't know these teams' boards. But I think that philosophy is sound because you know what you're getting uh, in free agency. You know, they're proven commodities, whereas the, the draft, no matter where you take people, it's a crapshoot. You could get Tom Brady in the sixth, and you could get, you know, Blaine Gabbard in the first. You, you never really know. So, yeah, I think they're better off, you know, if the money gets too high, letting Cousins go somewhere else and taking their chances with the quarterback in the draft, plugging holes in free agency. Yeah, I agree. I think Kirk is best suited. I think his ideal situation is Minnesota. I think uh, he's a Midwest guy. He's from kind of that area. And um, they're ready to run right now. They are, they're ready to go. Right. And if they have Kirk Cousins, I think that's the type of team he needs to be on to take that next step and um, be able to be a, you know, a playoff guy every year. Because if he goes to Cleveland or the Jets or um, even at Denver right now, because I don't really think Denver's roster is as good as people – think it is um they're getting old they're gonna have to they might have to cut Demarius Thomas and keep to leave just to sign him right so um I think he goes to one of those three teams that are just like oh we need a quarterback we need a quarterback what do we do let's just give this guy a sack full of money and, and hope that we can win okay now you're eight and eight every year so that's a tough place to be but hey if you get in the dance man if you get in the dance that's what the Vikings did this year Akeem. they got in the dance they had a shot I don't know. It's interesting, man. I, I I really appreciate talking to you guys. You guys know your stuff. I can't wait for you guys to flash some more expertise on the other guys in the draft. We spent so much time on quarterbacks this year. Um, Got to have you guys back on. James, your first SPNY pod. How'd you feel? Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for bringing me on, guys. Had a lot of fun. Nah, man. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your, your knowledge and your experience covering uh, the Senior Bowl and hopefully more to come. Well, give a shout-out to that academy. What is it called? Yeah, uh, the Scouting Academy. I mean, if you're if you're interested in getting into player evaluation, that's the place to go. Look it up online. Type scoutingacademy.com. Dan Hatman runs it. He's great. He's worked for NFL teams before, and now this is what he's doing. He's trying to get you know other people their chance to to live out an NFL dream. Uh, you know, I've learned a ton from being there, and it's a great experience. Got me down at the Senior Bowl. Highly recommend it. That's awesome. We'll link that up in, in sportsblognewyork.com in the little uh, article we post about this this podcast here. Kevin, thank you, man, our mock draft guy. The, you guys are officially now the SBNY NFL draft experts. You okay with that? Um, I hope I'm not here next year. I hope the Browns are good enough where I, I don't have to care about the draft. <laughs> what do you mean? So if the Browns aren't at the top, which uh, let's be real, they probably still be somewhere. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, top. you're not gonna you're not gonna do the mock drafts anymore. No, nah, I will. I will. I just <laughs> I'm so like I'm emotionally attached to these things because this team's been so bad for so long. But um, you know, it's great to be here. I have a, I have a blast doing it. So all right, man. Let's Thank get you. let's get both of you guys back in here soon. And and speaking of that, man, uh, behind me and you on the TV here is the New York Knicks. So speaking of the draft, I'm gonna be soon looking into the NBA mock drafts as well. Uh, not too far off. Uh, being a Knicks fan right now, especially if they keep losing, they just blew like a 30 point lead. It's awesome. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Jay for James O'Rourke, Kevin Kennedy, and I'm Peter Kennedy. This is the SBNY podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And better yet, have a great day.